when I was younger, I had a friend who loved to be scared. You ever have a friend like that? Didn't matter what it was. It could be a movie. It could be a carnival ride. She would seek out anything that would make her scream. I always thought that she wasn't quite right in the head. (laughs) But the thing is, fear, I, I mean true fear, terror, is not something to be scoffed at or taken lightly. If you look into the eyes of someone who's been deeply traumatized by events that are out of their control, you'll never forget the experience. It's Sunday. You see, I think there's an aspect of Sunday that we sometimes forget. You see, we, we talk about Friday, and then we pop over to Easter, and we forget that there was Saturday. The disciples lived in terror on Saturday. See, what Saturday is all about is a day that invites us into the experience of darkness, the experience of fear, into the questions of grief, and why it so often is part of our life. You see, those deep questions of where is God? Why do I experience so much pain? I thought Jesus came to rescue us. Where has He gone? Where is He now? I think it's important we don't skip the Saturday experience because Easter is all the more amazing because of Saturday. I love how John tells the story. He picks up the Easter message by taking us back into the room. We don't know if it was the same room they did the Last Supper or a different room, but where they were last gathered, they were with Jesus sharing the bread and the wine. They had that moment of deep intimacy. Everything seemed different. And then it all falls apart. As John tells the story, it was on a Sunday evening and the disciples had sequestered themselves inside this room behind locked doors because they were afraid. They were gripped with a fear of the Jewish leadership. They were gripped and terrified that the security forces who arrested Jesus would come and arrest them. The ones who came with torches and weapons in the night remained a threat. Would they be found? Would they suffer the same fate? Would they too find themselves hanging on a Roman cross? I don't know about you, but I I get this. 
You see, if I'd been walking with Jesus for three years, part of something that seemed so amazing that I thought was the beginning of a revolution, that Rome was gonna get kicked out, that Jesus was gonna be set up, the king would be back on the throne, God would be back in the temple, and I watched it all collapse as I fleed in terror, and I heard the stories, because I was too afraid to even go there, of my leader hanging on that cross bloodied, battered, dead. I think I would be experiencing terror and not just fear. Locked doors seem pretty reasonable to me. And then it all changes yet again. The disciples would indeed be found that night, but not by pitchforks and torches but by a risen Savior who appeared in the middle of the locked room. Jesus, last seen being placed in the tomb, or for some, at the scene in the garden as they fled, suddenly stood among them, and He brings peace. John writes it this way in chapter 20. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you. Can you imagine? Put yourself there. We talked on Friday about how we become part of the story. This is your story. Imagine what that must have been like to go in one instant, locked behind a door, afraid for your life, and there Jesus stands. And as He spoke, He showed them the wounds in His hands and His side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, He said, peace be with you. Because we need to hear it again and again and again. Jesus knows this. And then these disciples who had fled from Him are suddenly brought back in close to Him. As the Father has sent Me, so I am sending you. And then He breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. The story continues. The unfolding of mystery. In the moment of darkness, gripped by fear, the disciples' sadness holding their hearts, Jesus enters and brings peace. This has been the story. This has been the direction that we've been heading on all along. Jesus came to bring peace. The cross has liberated us from sin. The cross has restored us back to God. He's brought peace first between God and humanity. And then, and then miraculously, He restores us back into that vocation where we once again can be God-reflecting, image-bearing individuals, priests and stewards, standing in the gap between heaven and earth. We're no longer bound by the curse of Genesis. We've been freed by the cross, and the cross restores our ability to even worship. 
so that we are no longer living under the power of dark forces, idols that steal and rob and kill. We are now Passover people. And it's here, inside this Passover victory, where the powers of darkness are broken and the exile is ended. The problem of sin has been dealt with. Peace be with you. See, the cross brought victory over sin. It brought peace. It brought restoration. And it brings mission. As Jesus invites His disciples into this movement that He has begun, make no mistake, it wasn't the revolution that the disciples expected, but it was a revolution. And it has been creeping and creeping and creeping into our lives and throughout the world into something that has made a way for humanity to return fully functioning, God-imaging, reflecting human beings, bringing the truth of Scripture and bringing the life of Christ in us to every dark corner of this world. Because we are all invited to join Jesus, to set out on this new exodus, to receive freedom from exile, brought on by sin, and return to true worship of the one true God. And it's all summed up in this little vignette told by John. In this small moment, we see huge implications. Disciples, People just like you and me, trapped in fear and terror, where Jesus enters and brings peace. You see, Jesus is calling all of us, all of his followers, to go out into the world. And he equips us with the power of his own spirit to announce a new reality. Jesus has come and that reality brings forgiveness because repentance has been made possible through the one who hung on a Roman cross. Something has happened. Everything is different. A new kind of power has been unleashed and the cross is a chain-breaking, idol-smashing, sin-abandoning power that brings about forgiveness and surrounds us with love. Praise be to Jesus. And why am I not hearing some amens? Thank you. You're not dead. We're Baptists. For our Pentecostal visitors this morning, that was amazing. So we live the story. We make this story our own because the cross has changed the world once and for all. The cross brings salvation from sin and death. The cross breaks the powers in our life that dominate us. And it started in this morning when we listened to the Hallelujah Chorus. There's a story that King George, when he was listening to Handel's Messiah for the first time, stood in awe. And everyone stood with him. It's amazing. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. But it's interesting because the Hallelujah Chorus, it isn't the end of Handel's Messiah. 
You see, Handel's Messiah has three movements, and the chorus is the end of movement two. You see, the story is not done. The great victory of the cross is not the end because the story is still being written. Jesus is weaving your lives into this larger tapestry, making you part of this amazing event and drawing you into the center of it. The story continues. And it still contains fear and pain and questions. Where is God? Why do we hurt? We thought Jesus came to rescue us. But what do we do now? Sometimes I think we get stuck in Saturday. You hear that? You see, Sunday's the victory. It's available for all of us. But we so often choose to stay locked in the upper room. Jesus has come in. He's freed us. But we stay stuck in Saturday. Peace be with you is an invitation to flip the calendar page. Enjoying Jesus in this moment of victory. It is true. We are still waiting. We wait for the final movement. We wait for Jesus to return to complete His promise. But He did not leave us alone. He gave us His Spirit. He has not abandoned us. He has freed us. Sunday is real. Jesus is risen. The powers of fear and the powers of darkness that still linger, that still bind us in ways, they no longer have authority. Jesus has the authority. So our normal ways of being, our human lifestyles of honor and shame, boasting and prestige, social climbing and pretension, addiction and idolatry, it can all be left behind. The wonderful message of Easter is that Jesus has now unleashed into the lives of all who believe in Him, who all, all who follow Him, all who will say yes and flip the calendar page to Sunday, brings freedom from the powers that weigh us down and hold us back and make us afraid. Jesus has breathed on us. And His work continues in us, through us. So we too go out and work with Him in a world that needs good news. We work as Easter people, Passover people, new exile people, with a message of both forgiveness and warning, a message of faith, hope, and love. We walk in freedom when we become Sunday people. See, a new, renewed spiritual life is made possible in Jesus and it comes through belief. We must first believe that Jesus is the promised Messiah, the Son of God. And upon believing, we become recipients of eternal life. So what does this look like? What does it mean to believe. First, we confess that Christ is Lord. 
We see this in the disciples in that room. They were fully committed to Christ. It's why they were afraid. But when Jesus steps in, immediately peace comes because they had committed to Christ as their Lord. It's all where it starts. Where you actually give up control and hand it to Christ. But it goes further. We commit to following Jesus. It's not enough to say, I believe Jesus is who He says He is and confess and then do nothing. We're called to follow, to be disciples. It's not an intellectual exercise. It's a full commitment so that we too, when Jesus walks into those moments in our lives and says, peace be with you, we feel and experience that overwhelming joy that's rooted in a sense of safety. Not safety from the world, but safety for eternity. The following Christ is the most intelligent thing we could possibly do. And then we push further. We live in relationship with Jesus. Jesus had victory over, his, over death and his arrival in that room brought with it a full confidence in the lives of the disciple that something had changed. It's a demonstration of an eternal life because death no longer rules. Jesus has defeated it. And through their connection with Him, with their faith placed firmly in Christ, eternal life becomes theirs. And it becomes ours as well. And the joy and peace that Jesus brought the disciples that day becomes our own, allowing us to live that peace in spite of the circumstances that surround us. The disciples felt joy because they committed to the one that had defeated death. The one they followed, the one they loved, is calling out to each of us. And His presence, in a surprising way, swallowed up their fear. And then He breathes on them. He doesn't just leave them there. He doesn't just leave them in this room he sends them out as God sent them, as God sent Christ. And so we live on mission for Jesus. Jesus meets the disciples huddled in that moment, and then he gives them a calling. And in obedience, empowered by the Spirit, they went. And we see in the book of Acts, the church just spread out from Jerusalem. You see, Rome hung Jesus on the cross. The priests and the Sadducees, they wanted to suppress the message. And it exploded. It never was the same again. Peace be with you. It can't be contained. Christ's Spirit will not be contained. This call remains ours in word and deed, sharing the life that Jesus has given us with the world around us. But here's the thing. Jesus never belittled the disciples. He never asked them, 
Why are you afraid? See, he did in the boat when the storm of life was happening. But here in this moment, Jesus just simply says, peace be with you. So if you're feeling fear, if you're feeling uncertainty, if you're feeling all the pressures and weights of life, Jesus brings peace, but he does not bring shame. So these disciples that had failed him, abandoned him, let him down in his greatest hour of need are drawn back in with love and a job. This is how it is for us. Jesus wants you to turn the page, become a Sunday people, embrace his love, and get to work. And that's what blessing looks like. And so finally, we live in the blessing of Jesus. So many ways we seek blessing outside of Christ. Jesus is inviting in a way of being that melts pretension, that causes us to steer away from idols, that gives us a real peace, not a fleeting peace, not an unstable peace, not one that is rooted in everything going the right way, but a peace that comes from Christ that is eternal, where that presence of Christ transforms our attitude from fear to joy. Jesus wants the same for all of us. Jesus wants all of us to walk out of fear and to walk in that peace Where we have pain, he wants to bring healing. Where we have discouragement, he wants to bring hope. Jesus wants us to be free, living in his blessing, and free from the false expectations, from shame, from addiction, from anything that has power over us. He wants us to be restored. Inward, outward, upward. Jesus repeats the greeting to all who will listen. Peace be with you. This is the message of Easter. The power of love that has broken through the darkness, defeated death, brought life, and has restored hope. All we need to do is say yes. Yes to the one who stands before us with the nail marks in his hands and a smile on his face. Yes to Jesus, who is risen indeed. That's the invitation this morning. To turn the calendar page, leave Saturday behind, become a Sunday people. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank You We thank you for sending your son, for defeating death on a Roman cross, for taking all the frailty and brokenness of humanity and gathering it to yourself and giving back peace. Lord, if there's anyone here who does not know you, I pray that they would say yes to you. 
Lord, if there is anyone here who is stuck in Saturday, I pray they turn the calendar page. Lord, if there is anyone here who needs to hear your message of peace, may their hearts be open to receiving it. Lord, today, this Easter Sunday, we remember. We thank you that you've defeated death. We give you the glory, honor, and the praise. Amen.